Hello, and welcome to Die Hard on a Podcast, episode number uh, 61. 61. 61, and wow. So, we were going to do State of Grace, um, but I have been having trouble getting the State of Grace movie. I ordered it off of eBay. It still hasn't shown up yet. So, mm-hmm. Trevor decided to go with the wild card. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's another Gary Oldman movie called Track 29, which I don't know... If anybody has seen this movie, I think they should. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, okay, so for the longest time, I'd said that The Shape of Water was the weirdest porno movie I'd ever seen. Yes. But this kind of takes the place of the weirdest porno movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, shall, we, shall we explain what, what's happening in this movie or what's not happening in this movie? Yeah, you go ahead and go ahead and let's give, these, give them a synopsis real quick. Okay, uh, I mean that's Teresa Russell and uh, Christopher Lord are married for some odd reason, and uh, he he collects trains and she collects dolls, and he is a what is he? He's in, he's like a doctor, but yes. for old people. I'm not it's sure like, if that's like a specialized like a thing. geriatric doctor of some <laughs> sort. Yeah, and so like, and Christopher Lloyd looks like he's about 20 years older than Teresa Russell, even though I'm pretty sure they're the same age. Yeah, in this movie, and then um, yeah, she just like he goes to work and she just kind of like daydreams of like having a baby. And then uh, one day while she's out with her friend having lunch, this British hitchhiker shows up who is Gary Oldman, who's supposedly her son that she had given up like when she was like fifteen and she got raped and yeah. pregnant and stuff. So, and so, this so that's boy, basically what happened. <laughs> this boy went to live off of uh, live off in England. And yeah, that's the rough sketch of the plot, but um there's a couple details we left out. One, Gary Oldman, her imaginary son, is fucking we I mean, weird doesn't begin to describe this dude. He's like totally fucking cracked out. Uh kind of like what you would imagine if somebody grew up in like an English boarding school while being fed um, nothing but PCP and crystal meth for 20 also, years. Well, and also, let's not forget, he's pre- I'm pretty sure he's imaginary. So. Yeah, he's imaginary. <laughs> She's imagining this guy. And I also like how he seems like he's older than she is, like he looks older than she is, and um, just comes off as older than she is the whole time, which... But I guess that kind of makes it okay that they they're that they're trying like they're screwing. So she makes up an imaginary son who's fucking her. Well, who looks like the guy who she like back in the day when she got pregnant pregnant looks like like in her flashbacks it looks like him. Right. It's, a, it's Gary Oldman playing like the guy who like raped her as well. So I guess it ties into like the fantasy that she's having. Yeah, she has <laughs> this like... weird rape fantasy, and I feel like no matter how much we describe it with words, we we can't really describe how disturbing and weird this movie is. I don't, like, okay, do you remember when the movie Hostel came out? Um, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. The yeah. Commercials, like all the trailers for for the commercials for Hostels were like, "Oh, don't watch this movie. It will fuck you up, man. It's so disturbing and crazy. You don't want to watch this movie." And, you know, then you watch it and you're like, okay, it's just another movie where some psychos 
kill some horny teenagers, basically. Okay, there's more plot to it than that, but that's, that's a, you're just like, okay, <clears throat> it's just some, some teenagers being mildly tortured and then murdered. And, and, you know, and that's not really all that shocking anymore. But, like, this movie, <clears throat> this movie right here should have had the trailer that was, is like, okay, this movie is going to fuck you up. This movie is seriously disturbing, and you're, you're not going to feel right after you watch it. You're not going to want to tell people in public that you watched the movie because they're going to think less of you. You're going to, like, think about the fact that you sat through the whole movie and think less of yourself. <laughs> Do you have the... Uh, I sent you um, a quote from Roger Ebert. Do you have that? No. Where did you send it to me? I sent it to you on your phone the last last night when I was... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see. Let me see. I, it, didn't, it didn't actually come through because I didn't have internet. Let me see if I can download it now. I should be able to still check it and see... Am I still in there? Yeah. Hold on. Let's. Uh... Yeah, I got it here. I go. Okay. This is this is Roger, this is Roger Ebert himself too. Back in the day, because this is from what eighty four, I think. I yeah. think it's an eighty four movie. Five. Somebody asked me if I liked this movie, and I had to answer that I did not. But then I realized once again what an inadequate word "like" is. The reason I didn't like Track Twenty Nine is that the film is unlikable, perhaps deliberately so. But that doesn't make it a bad film. It probably makes it a more interesting one. Like many of the strange, convoluted works of Nicholas Rogue, R.I.P., it is bad-tempered, kinky, and misogynistic. But not every film is required to massage us with pleasure. Some are allowed to be abrasive and frustrating to make us think. Yeah, and that that sums (laughs) it up, because it's definitely abrasive abrasive and... uh definitely definitely made me think like i was like oh my god i was honestly i was like okay i want to do the podcast right after i finished it so i can get all this out there and then i was like maybe i should take a shower first <laughs> i should think it in yeah. well because I, I actually i thought it was actually it's actually it's crappy too because like it's on prime and it says it's hd but it's clearly not did you yeah. have the same case it's eight millimeter <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a movie all filmed off of a TV type stuff, but uh, I still watch it because I almost like as soon as I started this morning, I almost texted you and was like, "I can't watch this. <laughs> it's right. it's HD." I was like, "No, I'm gonna give it a shot. It's only an hour and a half. Let's, let's give it a shot." And it's I mean, you can, and it's, a, it's a good hour and a half, and it's compelling <laughs> to say the least. It's compelling. <laughs> it's, you know, I gotta give it this. Like, I wasn't gonna not finish it. It wasn't like I was like, you know, yeah. I, had, I, I had to get to the end of it. I had to find out. You know what happened, and I like how they didn't drop the, the they dropped the like part. Most movies, whenever somebody's imaginary, they either let you know like right up front, or like right yeah. at the end, like you know, all a Fight Club, where it's like, oh, big surprise, the guy wasn't real yeah. the whole time, dun dun dun. But this movie, it's almost like not even one of the major details in the movie. You know, like about you know, the, you go a good like thirty five, forty minutes thinking this guy is totally real. And then it just sort of casually is like, oh, this guy's all in her head. And then, like, no big deal. That doesn't invalidate him. He's just as real as he was before, even though he's just a product of her crazy imagination. Yeah, actually, they're in, like, a bar together. Yeah. Hanging out. Once they're finally together. And, like, she's, like, talking to him. But, like, the bartender comes up to her. And, like, then he, like... You know, she's shoes him away, and then he goes to the the, the bar. He's like the lady over there crying to herself over there, and then you see the shot of her by herself. But then and it she, was, you cut back to it. it, it was, it's like him and Gary Oldman. So 
it was pretty cool because it was really jarring because she was sitting there talking to, J- to Gary Oldman and the waiter comes up and was like, I'm sorry, miss, did you, what was it you wanted? And she's like, oh, I wasn't talking to you. And you're like, wow, that's really weird. Why did the waiter like walk right up into this emotional thing? Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh, she's by herself. She's a freaking nutter. And I, I'd look, yeah, that I, was, I want to know what kind of dark shit the fucking guy who wrote this script was going through. I mean, or girl or woman. I mean, I don't know if it was a man who wrote this, but like whoever, regardless of gender, <laughs> wrote this freaking script was going through some seriously dark shit. And I hope, I hope that since 1984, they've gotten some help. Well, I didn't do, I didn't see much except when I, when I was researching like which Gary Oldman movie we should watch. And it was between this one and this one called Interstate 60, which I'm glad I picked this one. <laughs> but, yeah. so, but there was, because he's, he's like, in the other movie, he's like some weird like magical figure who grants this guy like, I don't know, it, it sounded really bad. But the way I looked it up, this, the guy who wrote it, it's, it's like based on a play of his. So I'm not sure what the play is like. I don't, I'm sure it's just as bad or disturbing. <laughs> Oh, well, just and like this whole time, the whole time Gary Oldman's doing his thing as the imaginary friend, he keeps going, Mommy, Mommy. And it's so terrible. Oh, God, it's the, the creepiest <laughs> thing that he's doing, you know. And like every time he did it, I could actually feel it in my bones how fucking ridiculously creepy this was. It was like, and it's funny because it's funny because it's sadly because I've had this argument with like Emmett like yesterday about like, I think there was like something about washing his hands, and he was like freaking out because he didn't want to wash his hands. And Gary Oldman was doing the same exact thing. Like, I don't want to wash my hands. I was like, I was like, oh god, I've had the same conversation. Right. <laughs> like again, Gary Oldman actually nails the character of you know somebody because you know she really just wanted a baby. She just wanted somebody to pay attention to her, really. Uh, and also, I don't know if we mentioned Christopher Lloyd is having a an affair, sort of. Um, oh with, my god, that's the best thing. Yeah, ever. with um, what's her name? Is it Sandra Barnhart, the com- the comedian? Yeah, yeah, uh, Sandra Barnhart. And he, you know, so it's a real young Sandra Barnhart is his nurse, and they're having. See, but does it count? Playing, it, playing, playing the most normal character in the movie. Yeah, let's be honest. which <laughs> like, is scary. She's the <laughs> most normal one, and she puts on like rubber gloves, and they lock themselves into an examination room, and she proceeds to give him spankings until he um climaxes and like I while mean, the while they're listening to train sounds because he's he's obsessed with toy trains yeah that's right so while he's has... listening to the choo-choo train go on by <laughs> yes yeah, so it's just the best thing ever right and then that's another great scene too is he goes to the model railroad uh adventure and or convention or whatever and i guess he's like the president of the model railroad association and he goes from being this kind of like weird mild-mannered sort of strange doctor to be in like like fucking hitler or something like he gives this like super compelling you know like blood and soil type speech and i'm like holy shit they're gonna start screaming sick heil at him <laughs> that's why i thought too when he got out there i was like holy shit what is going on look at <laughs> these these toy train people are crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like it was yeah. insane I thought that was pretty fantastic. Um, and, you know, and I think it's a good point. Roger Ebert makes a really good point because, like, while these movies are never going to be, like, super com- commercially successful, like, I feel like we do need them. I feel like I feel like we're missing these movies that, like, nobody's really come out with a, a really kind of disturbing and, like, forcing you to look at, like, the really dark side of human nature. 
um, that you, they you, they just don't make movies like that. Like even like the indie scene. I mean, you know, you're never going to see like a triple A major theater release of a movie like this. But at least they used to come out every so often. You'd see somebody who said, you know what, I'm going to make a movie that people don't like. I'm going to make a movie that that is. <laughs> important because it's you know using art to represent the fucking weird shit going on in my head i I assume i think i think mother is probably the last one to do that yeah Uh, you see mother yes and this does have this does have a lot of um like you can see where mother i bet the guy who'd made mother has seen this movie before i'm sure you have multiple times multiple times i think that's the last one that's been kind of like whoa but like yeah it's like hard to find and if they are being made, it's hard to find them anymore because it's everything's so saturated. Well, and you have also, to look through, through so much shit to find like something like this, right? And also, if like they're trying, if they're going to shock, like if movies are trying to deliberately shock you now, you know they're doing it really blatantly with like really graphic violence or like really mm-hmm. graphic sex or or the combination of really graphic <laughs> violence and graphic sex whereas this movie didn't have any real nudity it only had a little bit of sex and a little bit of violence and yet it was still really really shocking and disturbing just because of the way the characters were interacting with each other uh and, and I, th- I thought that was really kind of unique and and uh, something that the guy accomplished really well, although maybe not for the benefit of anything. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Gary Oldman and Teresa Russell run around with each other, and they're constantly like look like they're about to make out like every second, and like this is after she thinks it hits her son, and yeah. it's not imaginary. <laughs> so he, like, he like straight up starts hitting on her, and you think, well, okay, this is like your classic sort of like Madame Bovary story where. You know, the housewife is super bored. Nobody's paying attention to her. So when somebody finally comes along and does pay attention to her, she, like, falls for him. Like, okay. But then it's like, oh, he she finds out that it's her long-lost son and that he freaking is still like, mommy, I'm trying to do you. And she's like, I'm down. You know, like, I am straight up DTF, son. It's like, what? Well, that was weird, too, because at the beginning, he calls, she calls her husband calls Christopher Lloyd daddy all the time and like she has all these dolls and they're like their their bedroom is really just like looks like a little girl's room so it's like really really weird to begin with it also also does hit around that they have some really kinky sex thing going on with with daddy because like she was like oh well I just need more of your attention and so he starts making this really creepy voice going oh you want to see daddy don't you does has little girl been a bad girl and need daddy to come in and she's like uh no and then later when he's about to get spanked to uh to climax he's like oh she made me do the daddy thing again it's so disgusting i feel so dirty when i have to do it (laughs) i'm not into that (laughs) yeah and i'm like i I don't need to know much more than that that's already tmi bro (laughs) (laughs) my favorite is when it's sandra uh Barnhart and then uh, christopher lloyd they're uh, operating they're like flirting with each other but there's an old guy with his with his butt hanging out in front of him. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to give him a shot. And so they're like, like kind of give him this flirtatious back and forth banter. And then the guy, the guy goes, is there something you like about my butt? Yeah. 
Is there something that turns you on about my big ass sticking out in the air like this? <laughs> so then they finally give him the shots. And and that's that guy is awesome because he has he like during that era he played so many old drunks. Like I want to say he was even in the movie Barfly as the drunk who was sitting at the stool, like always sitting at the stool, and had to actually like tie his tie to get the shot to his mouth. Uh, oh, it could be. He looked really familiar. Yeah, well, and like I mean, during that time period, anytime they needed like an old drunk, they they, they used that dude. Um, and if you if you guys are brave enough to watch this movie, you'll see what I mean. Um, I guess he has some like crazy eyes going on too. He had some like like one guy was bigger, like I like I, like like his one eye was kind of popping out of his head, while the other one was kind of like droopy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I just I I'm blown away. Like that's one of those things where I really I I'm glad that I didn't see the quote from Roger Ebert until just now because I I mean I completely went into it blind and I was like really excited. Like, I was like, oh cool, it's like an old old Gary Oldman flick from when he was like super young and I don't really recognize it. I'm gonna check. I can't wait to check this out. And then I'm just like, oh my god, no wonder nobody ever talks about this fucking movie. <laughs> Yeah, because he's almost like he's like channeling like Sid Vicious a lot of times too. He seemed to be like still in that mode. Yeah, and that, and that was roughly around the time that he made that movie. Although I'm pretty sure that was at least shot in 16 millimeter. Like it wasn't done on fucking home cameras from the 60s and 70s. Well, then, well, that's just because the, the 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 quality of this looks bad. This was shot, you know, normally. Yeah, it's not, just like the quality. It's it's just like not hasn't been HD. Right. Now, have you been... seen any of this Nick Rogues, any of his other movies? Yeah, I mean, he just died like last week or two weeks ago. Oh, really? And he did one that was yeah. He did one that's called Don't Look Now with Donald Sutherland hmm. and Julie Christie, where they lose their their um their their son is killed or the daughter. I forget. It's been a while. Is killed, and then they, it's kind of like them dealing with it while be like while in Rome. Huh. And it's like it has it has like it supposedly has one of the, the most sexiest sex scenes ever, and like has one of the most disturbing endings as well. So, and I I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I do kind of like it. It's kind of a thrill to see something that's that fucking weird, um, because you, you know it's it's kind of cool to be just ripped completely from your comfort zone <clears> and. Been being forced to say, well, what do you think about this? You know, because up until this point, I had never had an imagine, or I'd never thought about having an imagine an imaginary child that like wanted to fuck me. Like I never that never really no. crossed my mind, and so yeah. now I'm like, I, I don't think I'm comfortable <laughs> with having an imaginary child that wants to do me, or or and even more so, like that's what I would be making up. Like if I was imagining a child that I had never met, like that's what they would be like. Like Wow, you know. I mean, different strokes, Tim. Different, different, different strokes. <laughs> and, and, like, I'd love to give it up uh, also for the actress. Was she was, I, I thought she portrayed the character, like, so well. Like, you know, like, you really got into this chick's head, and you really sympathized with her situation, even though it's kind of like, I don't know. There's There was a, a scene I loved, too. I don't know if you noticed it. But she's, like, bitching about how, like, unhappy she is about the whole relationship and that she's bored and that like mostly that, that her and Christopher Lloyd 
like didn't really know each other very well and they didn't really communicate each other very well. Like she's trying to save the marriage and he's just like, okay, whatever. And he keeps handing her checks. Like he's like, look, bitch, here's the <laughs> yeah. fucking money. I don't give a shit. Here's the fucking bill money. All right. I pay the bills. Keep your mouth shut. Let me play with my trains. They're not fucking toys. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's implied that he's the one who helped her like with the baby, with the pregnancy. And yeah. like, took the baby away from her but then like i guess since he was he seems like he's older he like kind of like roped her into marriage type of thing yeah, like, sort of weird, took like, advantage of her because like she was helpless whenever that yeah. was all going on and he was like oh don't worry i'll be your protector and then like once yeah. he got her he was just like well, you don't have anything you can't go anywhere so I don't really have to freaking validate you or care about your feelings at all. And then, like, right after that scene, he's, like, walking out. And she's like, I'm going to kill myself. And he goes, whatever, and just leaves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, this guy did fucking The Man Who Fell to Earth. To, to Earth. He did the oh, okay. David Bowie movie. Okay, yeah. That's, that was a good movie. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that movie. It's really long, and I feel like it's a little too much. But I like, I feel like I like this movie better somehow. Yeah. Well, you know, you can't say this movie wasn't interesting. There's no way you can say like this movie wasn't interesting. You might be able to say it's terrible. You might be able to say people should not watch it. But you can all, you can't say that it's not interesting. You know, like I said, yeah, I, I knew from the the first ten minutes, like okay, I'm gonna have to watch this all the way to the end. Yeah, and I, I'd be, I'd lo- I would love to see it if it has like a, if there's like a Blu-ray or some sort of HD transfer of it because I think it would probably looks way better, for sure. Yeah, than than how it was encoded. It was probably encoded just you know like they just sort of phoned it in and um, because it yeah, it's just, it's just like, terrible, that's for sure. But yeah, and I guess it's a testament to the movie itself that I didn't turn it off because it looks like shit. Because I usually just there's a lot of movies on Prime that he's like, oh, I like this movie, but it's like. When you turn it on, it's like, oh, it's just, it's not an HD transfer, so it looks like shit. And, like, this one's one of them, too, and I almost turned it off. But well, the, the testament to it, Dad, like, it's crappy looking, and I still watch the entire thing. <laughs> well, and, like, that's, like, my biggest issue with bootleg movies. Like, I don't really support piracy. I don't, I, I understand that, you know, like, intellectual property, and if we're going to get the kind of high-quality entertainment that we're used to getting then we should be accustomed to paying a little bit for it. Like, okay, like, I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, the movies look like shit, you know? <laughs> like, it's like you took, a fucking, <laughs> you took a fucking cell phone into a movie theater and held it up to the screen. Like, I don't want to watch that. Nobody fucking wants to watch that. <laughs> it's like, give me, a, give me a good transfer of this. I mean, <laughs> yeah, cool, because... Give me a good transfer of Gary Oldman stabbing Christopher Lloyd and having blood just spurt everywhere, but right. having out, that really happen. You left out completely butt-ass naked Gary Oldman stabbing Christopher right. Lloyd to death while having him like like jumping up on him like he's a little baby. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then then I like after that, uh, she's denying all responsibility. Like, did you notice that? Like, fucking Gary Oldman stabs him to death. And she's putting on her note, on her dress, going, "I didn't do it. wasn't me. I didn't. That that wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do that." Yeah, yeah. That's that when they like, asked you to like see what you got from the the last ending. It's like he she actually stabbed him. Yeah. And took off right. Right. Because of the giant giant blood stain on the top of the wall, which also looked. I don't. It looked. I don't know how to describe it, but like the the, the shot of the the blood 
on the 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 roof like the ceiling like spreading it looked really i don't know clinical i don't know if there's the right yeah. word to say it's like it just looked really like i don't know like uh, i just it, it, it gave me a really weird feeling <laughs> to, it to see it right uh, you know well and also it's weird because uh, it goes against how that would happen you know like if you murdered somebody in the upstairs yes the blood would come through but it wouldn't like spread out like that it would just be like dripping through the cracks and stuff but whatever that that's that's okay we'll we'll let that slide um <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's the least of this movie's worries yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not not a real big deal i think my favorite line is from christopher lloyd when he's freaking out at the end at Teresa russell because she's like he comes home and she's terrified and this and he's worried about his trains and he goes this is what I've been saying all along. Women in trains don't mix. I was like, of course. <laughs> like that's your big statement. Yeah. Women in trains don't mix. Well, he died for it, so he sure did. So I guess they don't mix. He, he can take that. He can take that misogyny, jump it right up his ass. Freaking, because he's got Cause himself are... a crazy lady that has a son. <laughs> it's also. I don't know if you saw on um, Facebook. There's another this this uh, woman, Sandra Locke. She died also last yes. week. Mm-hmm. And I posted I posted a trailer to a movie that she directed with Teresa Russell in it. Oh right. The same the same actress here, and this one that's um, Teresa Russell. I don't know if you remember, but Paul Paul and Ryan always talked about Teresa Russell. Really. And and Paul's Paul's. Um, Big quote on Teresa Russell is Teresa Russell would be a great actress if she could act. <laughs> <laughs> which is like, which is like, I, I kind of get that, but I kind of don't with no. watching this. Yeah, like I thought, I, she, she... I thought acting wise, everybody in this was really good, and I thought Teresa Russell especially was really good. Uh, I'm pretty sure they were going off of. I remember. I'm pretty sure they're going off the movie Whore that came out. <laughs> okay, yeah, because <laughs> because. Because the tagline it was it was the big NC seventeen it was a big NC seventeen movie at the time right so it was supposed to be very explicit and I think that's what the movie they were watching and kind of went with that. playing off of yeah that's which is fine which, which, which is which is fine because yeah she'd the, be a great actress if she could act <laughs> but that was always that was always a great line so but I think I think Teresa Russell gets a bad rap in in that circle <laughs> yeah but you know it's it's kind of funny like it, it in that it reminded me of like if. If the director said, okay, she's like, well, how do you want me to play this? And she's like, imagine, you know, imagine like Gone with the Wind and you're Scarlett O'Hara. But if Scarlett O'Hara was like completely fucking batshit crazy from being traumatized by a rape as a teenager. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. I got you, bro. Hold my beer, fam. (laughs) I got got you. It's like, how's his accent? Um, Go further with it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I needed to be a little over the more over the top, and like she would like kind of switch between having like this really super super syrupy southern drawl to having like this weird country English gentlewoman accent. Like she would slip in like like it was like she forgot she was supposed to be southern, and she would be English when she'd start talking to Martin, which plays to the story, you know, is because she's freaking voicing his character in his head. So she so it would actually come out when she was talking. But I noticed that that sometimes she would sort of slip into an English accent from a southern accent. Yeah, like she was like putting on 
putting on a show with like the southern accent when when her friend is around or her husband around. Yeah. Stuff like that. When she's out on the back, out in the out in town. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, hopefully you'll get stay great at some point. And we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that should come in. It's supposed to come in this week sometime. So we'll do a state of grace, which is going to be kind of a refreshing. At least it's like a normal movie where, like, I mean, I, I'm literally going to freaking post this podcast and go get in the shower for like two hours. <laughs> Because uh, I feel like it, you know, it's so fresh that it's still like the actual trauma from the movie hasn't really set in. It's gonna take a day or two. <laughs> and I also, I also feel like it's like it's like the five people who listen to this podcast. This will be the one they won't listen to because it has nothing to do with anything that we like. Right, the, it has nothing. The podcast to, is supposed to be about. There's no diehard <laughs> at all in this movie. There's nothing diehard like about this movie at all. Uh, I mean, we were done with Allen before, but we we usually warn warn people about it before. Yeah, whereas this one, <laughs> but you know, honestly, if you're into psychologically disturbing movies, it, and if you, even if you're into kind of like art films, because this definitely has sort of an art film feel to it. Uh, but yeah, more sure. so, more so, if you really like being kind of fucked up in the head from a movie you watch, then you should definitely watch this movie because it is extremely psychologically disturbing. I feel like it, it needs to be like rediscovered for sure. I think somebody needs to. I don't know where it's at or what's going on with it, but it needs to like along with like I talked about State of Grace. Like these two movies need to kind of like I think be revisited. They need a little more credit than they get. <clears throat> I think so because this one I, 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 Nicholas Rogue is known for like a lot of like a few of his other movies, like like I said, but. This one might be. <laughs> I might have to go check out some of his other stuff too. His did, lesser known stuff. Well, too. and it's weird too because I did like after the end of it. I was like, man, I kind of want to see what else this guy has done because this yeah. is so freaking crazy. I think he's Australian. If I'm not, I'm, oh, okay. I've done zero research on him, so <laughs> he's, I think he's either he's either Australian or like or British. I think I think he's he's not American for sure. I think no. It doesn't seem Which like. Makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't seem quite like an American uh, director, but uh, I don't know. It, it, you know. Greatness transcends nationality, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good movie. I wish you'd see it. Yeah, well, let's just end on that. Go, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I almost feel like if you've listened to this podcast that we've prepared you too much for the movie, like you're kind of ready for it to be weird. And like, I mean, it was better whenever I just had no idea and I thought, oh, well, this might is this going to be like a thriller? Like, you know, it referenced Cape Fear in there. And I thought, oh, like the original Cape Fear, not the Martin Scorsese remake, the original one. And I thought, oh, yeah, maybe this is going to be like some weird stalker movie. Maybe he's going to turn out to be this weird stalker. I'm like, nope, nope. That was that would have been too fucking normal. This is gonna go t- way past that shit. <laughs> I, I I feel like people still won't be prepared to what what they'll see. I mean, it's you're right. It's nothing like outrageous, outrageous, but it's just like I don't know the the way that they are with each other. It's a little yeah, disturbing. Little, yeah, it's disturbing and like nothing calls attention to itself. Yeah, like it's not flat. I don't think it, I don't think it's flashy. It has a couple moments of. of you know, it flourishes, but like it's not not during the is she like the she's freaking out type stuff. It's during other sequences. Yeah. <clears throat> so, all right, cool. Well, um, I guess we'll hopefully do State of Grace next week and not be uh, traumatized. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, hope, hope not. Hope not. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment, and all that shit. All that shit. All right. Peace. Bye.